This is the Dice Tower Network, adding games to your wish list since 2005. The home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary, and Luke Hector. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. You're listening to Broken Meeple Reviews. One game, ten minutes, what's my verdict? Let's find out. Hey folks, tonight I'm taking a look at Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. This is the new reboot of an old game by Fantasy Flight called Mansions of Madness, funny enough, where it was effectively, again, another game in the Cthulhu universe, where you and a bunch of other players cooperatively work together to infiltrate this building, or mansion to be perfectly exact, and you had to solve little puzzles, you had to uncover clues, and you had to go through this story to get to the very end. And you went up against a DM, shall we say. Somebody who kind of ran the game, so almost like played the part of the bad guy, you could say. Now, the original was good. I thought it was entertaining, but it did have some really fiddly moments, particularly with bookkeeping, and if somebody set it up wrong, it essentially broke the game entirely. So it did have some issues, and it stopped me wanting to play it after the first maybe once or twice when someone showed me it. So now this one has come out, and we've got an app to run it. And some people will go out there and go, oh god no, the apps you know, the apps are taking away our games, you know, it's some weird rants like that. And personally, I don't get it. You know, if you've read my article from the UK Games Expo a couple of years back, I love digital apps in board games. I think they're brilliant. They solve bookkeeping, they get rid of fiddly scoring, they help to create atmosphere and immersion. Whether it's a companion app or replacing half of the game, I don't mind. Bring it on. I mean, XCOM XCOM the board game, yeah, that was a number 5 in my top 100, spoiler alert, and that uses an app to drive the entire game, so how's that a problem? And certainly I will say it works wonders in this game. The app is probably the best thing about it, because what happens is you will set up the initial room tile, and pretty much the app takes you through the whole story. It gives you a little introduction that's voice narrated, it then tells you where to set up the first tile, where certain clue markers have to be put that will have special story elements where monsters are going to be, and so on and so forth. Then you will roll dice and collect cards in physical form, so these are components within the game, but you will interact with what's on the board and use the app to dictate the flow of the story. So when you go to a clue marker, you will click it on the app, it will take you for a little bit of narrative as to what is there, and then it may give you a skill test to roll, it will say collect these items, that sort of thing, and all the while it's got this beautiful rendition of the map on the screen, as well as the tiles on on the table, and some backing atmospheric music to go with it but it gets rid of a lot of the bookkeeping issues which is certainly good when you come up against a monster it tracks its hit points you can dictate what type of attack you're doing and it'll give a little narrative as to what you do like you know you raise your hand with your heavy weapon in hand and the enemy backtracks and tries to sweep you out from under your feet you know it'll give you some kind of like combat move so you can visualize it in your head this is wonderful for 
immersion and theme in this game. A massive improvement over the original Mansions of Madness. And to be fair, it creates more immersion than even the Arkham Horror and Eldritch Horror games. Because in the end, having those like the descriptions of what you're doing in combat and in the story, as well as the music to go with it, you really do get sucked into this game. And I, I have to admit, I really enjoyed the first time, although it did take a long while. Now, the game has a very high price tag. Now, the RRP is around a £95 mark. The cheapest I was able to see this was about 63 quid on Chaos Cards, and that's where I got my copy from. And other retailers will no doubt do it for a similar price online. I know I, I support FLGSs all the time, but to be honest, if you want to get this cheap, you are going to have to rely on this online. And even then, 60 to £70 is not a cheap game. This is expensive, and a lot of people are wondering whether it just justifies the price tag. Well, yes, an app controls half of the game, but you do get a lot of stuff in this box. You get big miniatures for everything that you could come across. You've got your individually sculpted investigators, you've got all the different enemies like cultists and deep ones and Cthulians and star spawns, which are these giant, huge, effectively like Cthulhu spawns. Yeah, they're pretty sizable miniatures and they're pretty good looking miniatures as well. I really like them. But the slight annoyance is that they come on these big black bases that you have to effectively like peg them into and then you have to put these tiles which are a bit like tiles you see in Eldritch and Arkham Horror in terms that give the stats you have to slide them into these black bases and my god it was a tight fit I was afraid I was going to take some of the veneer off the actual tiles or the facing of it they just really weren't built to slide into these very easily and then once they're in there you might as well just be aware that they're going to be stuck in there you're not getting them out again it was such a tight fit and the bases themselves are a little bit weird in how they're designed. It's probably the weak point of the game itself component-wise, but it's a minor quibble. I just leave everything pegged into the bases anyway. I don't bother using the tiles anymore. It's like they're in the base and I can see the stats. That's kind of what I need to do. You get an absolute ton of room tiles, though. There are so many room tiles that create this map for you as you go through the storyline, and also a bucket load of cards to be things like items and spells and conditions and so on and so forth. The game almost feels a bit like one of those choose-your-own-adventure horror stories. You know, you have the map and you have various things you could do. Do I go investigate the papers on that table? Do I go see what the noise was in the kitchen that I heard a second ago? Do I go combat this cultist and or do I run away from it and barricade the door? There's a lot of different choices that you've got and some of them will just simply be a narrative, some will be a skill check and some will be these little puzzles. Now... There were puzzles in the first one, and these ones are on a similar note. You've got like code breaking, you've got slide the blocks around until it makes a picture, that kind of thing, and one or two others, like a weird sort of lock picking one where you've got to move the shapes so that you can get the lock itself out. It's kind of weird, but it works. Now, these aren't particularly difficult. The main trick is that the amount of moves you're allowed to make in order to solve it is based on your observation skill. So you might be able to solve the puzzle really easily, but if your character has only got an observation of two, he's only got two moves to solve it, and chances are it means that you won't be able to solve it in one action, so it will take several actions to solve it. There is dice rolling with the combat, so obviously you, and skill checks, so you've obviously got some luck element there, but this is nothing new from typical thematic Cthulian games, so it's easy to get around here. The biggest worry that some will have though is the replayability because there are several, I think there's about four or five, I think there's only four scenarios in the game. 
and they vary in length. The first one's meant to be about 90 minutes. It took us more, it took us like twice that at least to play it, but we were learning the game. It was five of us and we were role playing, so it naturally took a while. The other scenarios range from like one and a half to two hours to even like a three to four hour one in there that takes place over multiple locations. I've played through most of them. I haven't played the extensive huge one, but I have played through the others and they were also good fun and very memorable. But what I had to find out was what happens when you play through them again. Now, the downside is that the story elements are exactly the same. So the, whatever you find out about the cultists, for example, in one is going to be the same story before. And certain story elements are going to remain the same. What tends to change is sometimes the monsters you face and occasionally the like, various items that you might pick up will change. You'll still get the same clue marker story elements, but the map will always be different because one day you'll start in the entrance hall and then venture off into a library. And in the other time, you might suddenly come in the back door, go into the kitchen, come in through a different direction, and then you meet your bad guy in your garden as opposed to the attic, for example. Now, this doesn't really change the like the outcome of the game it certainly doesn't change the plot of the scenario but it does at least give you a different layout and with different investigators and different items you will at least get a slightly different story it's nowhere near as bad as something like time stories where once you've played it you can't do anything and it's not quite as bad as pandemic legacy where once you've played it through it once you might play it through again and that's about it this one you could get maybe another two or three replays out of each scenario before you sort of thought yeah this is now getting a little bit samey future expansions are on the way though as with everything by fantasy flight and there will be a new scenario with each expansion but obviously that means you know forking out the cash in order to buy those expansions so it's really going to come down to a question of how much you're going to love this game and personally i really enjoyed it but i do understand that if you want something that's going to last forever and isn't going to break your wallet, you may be alright to look elsewhere, or maybe get this as a uh, purchase in a group, maybe, you know, just have, you know, buy it between four of you, and then it will be a cheaper game, and then you can do the same for expansions, a bit like what I tell people to do with time stories. But it is a lot of money to play this game, and to be fair, there are games with longer replayability that cost less. So you really do have to be into the Cthulhu mythos, you have to be a big fan of the whole Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror style of play, and you must be willing to accept that this is a co-op with limited, but not you know dire limited, replayability, and you have to be comfortable with apps. So Mansions of Madness gets from me a solid 8 out of 10. It's a really immersive, really thematic co-op experience, but it will break your wallet a bit to buy it and keep up with it. So you might want to get it as a group, or you might want to just think really hard about how much money you're willing to spend on games. But if you're into this theme, I guarantee you will probably enjoy this. So that's it for me for another Broken Meeple review. Catch you on the next episode. For now, see you then, and all hail Cthulhu. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network. If you like this show, you might like the D6 Generation or Today in Board Games Week in Review. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.